Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. It's time to replace your heating and air system. We know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. You're listening to Rabo and Co. here on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Louis Rabo. All right, welcome back in. 11 o'clock hour on a Thursday. How about that? I told you we'd get you through the week. One more day to go here, Rabo and Co. ESPN 680, 1057. Bobby V after me at noon. Roundtable 3 o'clock. We'll take you local till 6 o'clock tonight. Some reminders to Louisville Women's Basketball 630 pregame 93-9. They're playing Syracuse. Four straight games of ranked matchups for the Lady Cards coming up. Lady Cards, excuse me. For Jeff Walls' team. I didn't say that out loud. I apologize. Is Biscuit here? Is Banta listening? Sorry. About to get murdered around here. Uh, Bellerman's playing Kennesaw. Uh, that's tonight at 7.15. Is pregame 7.30 tip uh, over at Freedom Hall. We'll get that one underway there. Hopefully keep those winning ways going uh, there on the Bellerman side of things. Uh, the Cards are back in action uh, on Saturday, Florida State in town at 8 o'clock, 6.30, the pregame show there. And, of course, Kentucky Fish and Wildlife postgame show after that Tennessee game. Late night edition. <clears throat> if I were – I'm not going to be in town. If I were in town, I'd be doing that postgame show. That's one of those games I want to be on the postgame show is the Tennessee matchup. We bring in Jay Davis. Uh, Jay, once in a while, these sports <clears throat> gods look out for us. And We got no NFL this coming weekend. But, damn it, we got like six awesome basketball games on the college front. How is Jay Davis today? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. How you doing, man? Man, I'm living a dream, uh, mostly. Uh, we talked linguistics the last segment. Uh, did you study a foreign language at all, Jay, other uh, than conforming to society and speaking this version of English? <laughs> uh, my, um, <laughs> my, my minor, actually my minor in college was Spanish. How about that? There you go. Uh, do you know that I tutored Jason Richardson in Spanish? Really? I had no idea. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, oh, it's fine. He's, he, I hear from him like, man, once every nine months. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, no, we got close. Um, he, you know, He's from Saginaw, and he actually grew up not terribly far uh, from where my cousins grew up in Saginaw. So, uh, and I popped over there a couple Thanksgivings. How about that? There you go. Small world. Small world indeed. Uh, Jay Davis with us at Davis underscore 1981. Uh, on Twitter, a texter did text in, uh, and we we did the linguistics thing. My grandson is a sophomore in high school. He's good at Mandarin, and he's also really good at, at math. Is there a correlation? And I talked about the symbol nature of Chinese. Right, it would make sense that if you're good at language, you're also good at um, you know, if you, if you're good at language, you're good at math. It's one of those things I found about myself was that yeah, I minored in linguistics. I also minored in stats when I was in college, and so I was able to do that uh, as well. Uh, you know, Kentucky Falls last night. I know you were watching the game. We were texting during it last night. Uh, I don't want to do the do you foul when you're up three debate. You and I can do that in June when there's nothing to talk about. But last night I made the case 
that's a case where you have to follow. You got a shortened bench. Guys aren't playing. Uh, people are tired. You already don't defend the three well. I think that's mm-hmm. a case in which you have to go foul. It's it's not an option in that case. Where do you fall on that? Do you think the call was okay last night? I mean, it, like like you said, it depends on you know time and situation. They were they were really bad guarding the three last night. You know, like you said, you know, one of the texts they they weren't closing out on anybody, no. and um, you know that's something that might hurt them going into March. But you know, I don't know. You know, like I said, it. Fouling up three or foul up or down three that that uh, fouling up three depends on the situation. You know, you know, do you foul fast? You you know, are you you know, are they taking the worst free throw shooter off the floor? You know, before they inbound the ball. You know, there's just so many variables that goes into it. I you know, if they were better defensively, I don't think that would have been a case. That's a game that they should have won. Um, on the other end of the floor, they weren't. It 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 felt like it wasn't until late, like. Five minutes left, or five or six minutes left in regulation. Kentucky wasn't really being all that aggressive because I think to that point of like third, they played thirty-five minutes of regulation. And I think they only had like four or five free throw attempts. Mm-hmm. Then they started, you know, forcing the issue and you know got up to something like twenty by the time the game was over. So I think <clears throat> watching last night, knowing that they weren't guarding well, they I think they needed to do a better job of manufacturing points on the other end. You know, I, that was the biggest issue I took from that. That you know they need to be better over the course of the entire game of, you know, forcing the issue, you know, forcing us to make calls. Because we talk about it, it seems like we talk about it all the time, the athletes they have, the guys who can get, you know, get a bucket at the basket. And, you know, last night it didn't seem like they were taking advantage of that. Jay Davis with us, usual spot here uh, at 11 o'clock. He's presented by Lana Sports, L-A-N-A sports.com. You can check them out. Use our code ABA20. Uh, as part of that, they are uh, very happy with you, Jay. I got the email yesterday. Where do I send the check? And I said, "Here's Jay's address." There you go. Um, the um, yeah, no, good people. Uh, really cool stuff. If you are an ABA head at all, uh, if you don't have a red, white, and blue basketball in your office, or if your kid's not shooting with one in the driveway, that's a great chance to go do that uh, as well. Hey, um, so I, uh, you know, with that game last night, and obviously Purdue goes to OT with Northwestern. By the way, side note on that, I think Northwestern's pretty good. Uh, that's part of it, is that Chris Collins got him going a little bit up there. Plus, they got a guy named Boo Booey. And I feel like college basketball, more than other sports in the United States, gets these great names. God, Sham, God, Boo Booey. Like, we do this over and over again. You know, what kind of letter grade do you give to the name Boo Booey, Jay? Boo Booey is probably like a A-. minus. He's I also agree. probably our age. At the, he's probably our age at this point, <laughs> he's too. So, college you know, that, that probably helps him out. Yeah, you know, that, I don't know why Northwestern gives Purdue hell, you know, every they time do. they play. They uh, yeah. You know, and last night that was a weird game. I watched a lot of that too. The free throw discrepancy was uh was, you know, pretty <laughs> obvious. I think I saw a stat that said that was the biggest discrepancy in twenty five years in the Big Ten game. And Northwestern was going to the basket, Boo Booey was getting into the paint yep. and they just weren't getting the calls. I don't know why Chris Collins waited until the very end of the game to get ejected. He should that probably should have happened a lot sooner than that. Jay Davis with us. Um, we'll get into some NBA stuff with Jay in a minute here. Are you following this lawsuit at all between Tennessee and Virginia? Um, when I used to do this, Chase, I wouldn't send uh, Chase in today. By the way, did he was he nice on the phone, Jay? I guess we got a little quality control here as we do Rabo and Co. He's very kind. Well, how about that? A little Chase on a on a on a Thursday? Why not? Um, I, I've started to share the show sheet with Jay so that he doesn't get blindsided by whatever I'm asking and feels like he has to like frantically Google things. Uh, these antitrust lawsuits, the NCAA is bad at a lot of things. They're worst 
in court. <laughs> they just get their ass kicked in court all the time. Uh, the Neil Gorsuch, uh, uh, you know, quotes come to mind uh, thinking about the NCAA. Uh, what do you think will come of this? And if people don't know what it is, but essentially Tennessee and Virginia are filing antitrust lawsuits against the NCAA about um, NIL compensation in the recruitment of college athletes. So in other words, you know, the NCAA is trying to put up guardrails and these states are saying, whoa, 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 how dare you do that kind of thing? We're seeing this differently in different states, Jay, and I'm, I'm kind of a proponent of this to be uh, honest about my personal feelings about these things. Whenever something new pops up like this, I think the states are meant to be the petri dishes of our culture and of our, our, our system of laws. Like Missouri is allowing NIL to high school students that have committed to Missouri, and it's made Missouri football better, for example, right? I think that, you know, allowing a state like Missouri to kind of try to figure it out that way is the best way for us to figure this out at a national level is to let it be cooked around in these states first. Uh, do you think other states will join this? I do. And do you think they're right to uh, want to be able to compensate uh, students as part of their recruitment as well? Absolutely. You know, I, I don't understand the fight that the NCAA is putting up with this. You know, this is this is just another example of, you know, they, they don't want to directly play the players. You know, this, this is what Jim Harbaugh has been talking about, some form of revenue sharing between the schools, the conferences, and the players. And the schools don't want to do that. I, you know, I, I get it. You know, somehow – I saw a story yesterday. I know this is a little bit off topic, but I saw a story yesterday that said Michigan State's, you know, operating under their athletic departments operating under a deficit of like eleven or twelve million dollars, despite you know bringing in, you know, having NIL collectives and you know the money that they get from you know the TV networks and things like that. I don't, you know, this is something from twenty twenty two. Had it happened, you know, last year, I don't think it would have been an issue. I don't think it should be an issue as is. You know, this is it's an arms race now, and you know it's always been like that. You know. Thirty years ago, you know, maybe this would have been, yeah, you, you, you know, you drop the hammer on a school or you impose some sanctions. But with the way things are set up now, you know, with the implementation of NIL and you know all these collectives being formed by every school and you know things like that, I don't, I just don't understand why the NCAA is fighting this. If the, if they're not, if the NCAA and the schools aren't going to have it to where they're going to pay the players directly you know, it's from some form of revenue sharing or stipend or whatever, then I don't, I don't know why they're fighting this. Hmm. Yeah. I, it is a bizarre thing for them to suddenly get, try to get an upper hand on. And it's, and I can't tell if it, if it's for guardrails, because I think the best way to do that would be to put a proposal together and send it to the member institutions. Would it not rather than just, Hey, we're doing this, <laughs> right? I mean, because they're just going to end up doing more of this. The, the part of this that's maddening Jay is that the legal fees for this are being paid by the universities, right? So they're getting sued yeah. by the states to, to represent the universities, but the states are trying to represent the universities. And I imagine, frankly, the universities agree with the states more than they do with the NCAA. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, this is just very, very frustrating to me. You know, like I said, you know, it goes back to, you know, the schools not wanting to pay the players directly. And, you know, when you have instances like this, you know, with – States and schools, like you said, Missouri's, you know, Missouri's working on something where they're allowed high school players to, you know, be compensated. I don't, I don't understand, like you said, you know, why doesn't the NCAA, you know, submit a proposal to all the, all the major schools? Because I know, you know, every school wouldn't be able to do this and, you know, put a proposal out there, make some tweaks to it, you know, come to some sort of agreement so this doesn't keep happening because the NCAA, the NCAA is not going to win. Win in this case, you know, with Tennessee and Virginia, it's just going to make them look worse than they already do. 
Jay Davis with us. All right, enough NCAA. Um, that's that's enough of that. Bad bad guys over there. Um, another NCAA story. I'm just kidding, of course. Uh, is this is the Ole Miss lawsuit? Um, you know, the Ole Miss player, the former player, lawsuit against Lane Kiffin. DeSanto Rollins was his name. Is his name? I should say. He was suing for $40 million, uh, equal protection, racial protection, sexual discrimination, etc. And it, it was interesting to hear what the huh, what the the damages were, the compensatory damages, and why he thought it was. And I thought this case was an interesting one, Jay, because a lot of his complaints sound like things that I just hear happen at football practices, right? Where, you know, you know you're belittled by the coach, there's quote-unquote tough love and blah, 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 these sorts of things. And over time, obviously, our societal standards for what is acceptable in these cases changes, right? Um, and, you know, there's there's no corporal punishment at football practices anymore, we're, we're told at least. Um, you know, we're not, you know, stopping kids from getting water between sprints and these kinds of things anymore because enough kids have dropped dead from dehydration and this kind of stuff. Obviously, we're making those changes. And I thought this lawsuit was interesting because it talked about, quote, inflicting emotional distress. Did you have the same sort of reaction to this where you thought, oh, man, if they allow this to go forward, if they push this kind of case, eventually there could be just an absolute cascade of these kinds of things? Or am I just overreacting to one case here? No, I think that's exactly right. You know, you there's there's worse cases. You know, you had some stuff with, I think it was Iowa strength and conditioning coach, yeah, and right. like just blatantly racist. Yes, and, right. you, know, you know, Shimmy Schimbecker of Michigan, the same thing. You know, the thing about the Ole Miss situation, you know, they, you know, Rollins, you know, recorded it one party consent. You know, Lane was just like, you know, you're off the team. He he wasn't being, you know, he. I mean, he said one quote unquote. He had he used one descriptive adjective, you know, in that in that exchange that was recorded. But you know, he was just like, we can kick you off the team for not showing up. We can we can kick you off the team. He said he there there was never really you know any instance where Lane Kiffin was like. I mean, he said you're gone, but I think that was just you know kind of conjecture. But I guess I guess after that meeting they had, there was like a bunch of requests from the team to meet to meet with Rollins, and he didn't do it for right. like a couple of weeks. Yep. So you know, I, I mean, this this was an interesting case. I mean, I, you know, I'm not you know, I'm not I'm not trying to disregard anybody's mental health or anything sure. like that. But just the way the way this particular incident played out, I think it was probably the right decision to, yep. to drop the lawsuit. Plus, you know that that money that he was you know going after. I mean. Go for the gusto. I understand that, but you know, forty million dollars for that. I mean, come on, you know, nobody. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think he was going to win that case at all. I think if you had said, "Hey, you know, I, I was deprived of my chance to get a degree. Can I get enough money to cover tuition?" I, I think that's a different kind of conversation. But asking forty million dollars certainly outside of that. But yeah, I mean, when he says in an audio exchange, I mean, you're acting like my issues aren't real. And Kiffin's immediate response is, "I didn't say they're not real. You show up when you're." When your head coach, when your boss wants to meet with you, it wouldn't have been like this if you would have come here and and when you were getting messages and you kept getting messages that the head coach wants to talk to you and you say, I'm not ready to talk to him. They didn't even get that in reply, right? And so I think that's where the line is here is at some point, whatever your mental health is, even if you have to go to someone that isn't on the coaching staff to say, hey, I'm having a hard time. I'm not comfortable going back to those guys. I need you to go tell them that. The idea that there's mm-hmm. not a counselor in the athletic department at the old, at Ole Miss is, to me, fishy. I, I assume that there is. 
Yeah, you know, just the fact that, like I said, you know, there was multiple requests for him to come meet with the staff. You know, yeah. you have, you know, we we both went to college. You know, there's advisors you can talk to. You know, yep. there's there's several people you can talk to. You know, just with you know within the university or with inside the athletic department that can relay you know how you're feeling to the coach instead of just completely you know ignoring them for a couple of weeks. And I think that's you know that's you know that's obviously where Rollins went wrong. There you go. All right. Well, let's uh, we'll take an early break for this hour here. Uh, get into some other topics on the other end. I've got questions about the NBA uh, for Jay for sure. We always do that on Thursdays with him and uh, some movement in the NFL. I want to ask him how good Caitlin Clark is as well. Uh, we'll do all of it next uh, here on ESPN 680 1057. You and me go fishing in the dark, lying on our backs and counting the stars where the cool grass grows. You are listening to Rabo and Co. here on ESPN 680 1057. Now, here's Louis Rabo. Is that his soul? Is Dan back there? Who put up this music? Is that Dan? Dan! Oh, it's not Essel. Okay, it's just Chase. Welcome back in. Rabo and Co. here, ESPN 680-1057. Uh, we finally have a retread in the NFL. Dan Quinn getting the commander's job after uh, coaching the Atlanta Falcons and, of course, being the D coordinator uh, with the Cowboys uh, the last couple of years. Uh, do you wish you could be a retread and make $5 million a year, Jay? Who doesn't? <laughs> Welcome back in. Jay Davis with us here in his usual spot on Thursdays. He's presented... By our friends at Lana Sports. Do you remember the ABA? Do you remember those players? Julia Serving, Rick Barry, Dan Issel, those heated rivalries, the Colonels and the Pacers. What about that red, white, blue basketball, man? Check it out. Lana Sports, lanasports.com. Family-owned business in Indiana, backed by countless ABA legends, including Dan Issel and Dr. J. They're bringing back that original basketball. Made with quality composite leather, an absolute must-have, whether you're training or you just need a decorative piece for your man cave. They've got you covered. L-A-N-A, Lana Sports. Dot com. Get that original ABA basketball today. Use our code ABA20. How about that? 20% off your order. Can only get it through Jay, through our show here. Lana Sports, where the ABA lives on. We need to get one of those basketballs, Chase. Ship it to Denver, have Issel sign it, and then ship it to my house instead of Jay's. What do you think? How about my house? Oh, you want, <laughs> how about that? There you go. Jay Davis with us. We have to send two out there. Um, man, talked everything uh, in that first segment. Let's get into uh, some stuff on the NBA side here, Jay. And if you haven't followed Jay yet, uh, at Jay Davis underscore 1981 on Twitter, you can find him at First Gen Sports, 1stgensports.com. Uh, look, you have your most recent rankings out. You're asking about jo- Joella Bede being uh, a smoke ducker. I'll be very honest. I've never seen the term smoke ducker. Walk me through it. Well, you know, everybody, that's that's a phrase that all the kids use now. You know, they you want to smoke because if you, you know, if you're not afraid of confrontation. Hey, that's smoke. Uh, and it feels like he is. You know, he he plays great, you know, in the win over Denver in Philly. And last Saturday was actually a pretty big uh, big day for the NBA in terms of network games. You know, you had the Heat and the Knicks on at 3 on ABC, uh, you know, Nuggets Sixers at 5.30, Lakers Warriors at 8.30. They were all great games. And, you know, 15 minutes before Philly and Denver were slated to tip off, Joel Embiid was available. And then a couple minutes later, you know, they say he's he's out. Um, <clears throat> you know, I know he's been nursing some injuries. You know, he tried to play in that Golden State game on Tuesday night and he left, uh, you know, left in the fourth quarter. But, you know, he hasn't played in Denver since, like, early since 2019, um, there was some game, you know, he missed a game on Christmas in Miami after they, the team had three days off. 
you know, it just feels like when he's going up against, you know, teams or players who might, you know, give him a little trouble in these certain environments. Because, again, that was a road game, road game in Denver, road game in Miami on Christmas, just a couple other instances. It just seems like, you know, he, he you know, if it's, if it's, you know, he might, he might take a day off. And, you know, I'm just curious about that. You know, there's the numbers show that he's not as he's, He's great. I'm not denying his greatness. He's probably – he's not probably. He is the best offensive center since Shaquille O'Neal when it comes to scoring because Jokic does, you know, so many other things well sure. on the offensive end. But in the playoffs, his numbers take a drastic, drastic drop. You know, his rate drops a little bit. You know, his usage rate is really high in the regular season. Last year, his points dropped 10 points a game over the course of the playoffs from where they were in the regular season. So I got a lot of questions about Joel Embiid. I'm not denying his talent. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to deny his heart, even though it may seem like it, but you know, there's just some, just some things that, you know, he's done that, you know, that might lead you to believe that, you know, he's just, you know, maybe a little afraid of certain stages. Kendrick Perkins suggested shutting Joel Embiid down for the rest of the season. And Kendrick Perkins is one of these guys that I think has a lot of bad takes. Uh, A couple months ago, he said something like the MVP race is, is swayed by race or something in the NBA, the bunch of racist writers or something like this. And I think, I think that's a comical take. I think it's a really bad one. I don't think this one's that bad. Uh, essentially he's saying, look, this is a big man. Knee problems are knee problems. It's going to get worse if he keeps playing. Uh, he's probably not getting to that 65 game threshold. Anyway, they should shut him down. Um, I, I don't know if I would go that far, but I don't think it's a terrible take. What says Jay Davis? You know, I, so, I mean, Perk is, Perk's hilarious, you know, in a lot of instances, but I thought I had a thought about this, you know, after I saw that MB went out of the Golden State game. He needs to be the one to come out and say, you know, I got my MVP. It's a great honor. At this point, I'm only focused on winning championships. So if I don't hit that 65 game threshold, and I, but I'm healthy for the playoffs, I want to be in a position to help this team make a run and win a championship because that's what I, that that's the next thing for me. But you know, people people on TV are going to say what they want to say. I want to hear that from Joel Embiid, you know, especially if he's not going to hit that threshold. He, you know, if he wants to say, I need to nurse this injury for a couple of weeks, I know I'm not going to hit that threshold, but I'm going to be healthy and ready to go in April, May, and June. I think, you know, that would change a lot for me, you know, for me personally, you know, just to see that he's focused on, you know, winning championships. But, you know, we like there's been pushes for him the last, like, three years to win MVP. I think he finished second, you know, the two years before he won it, you know, and he was great last year. You know, he's been great for the last five, you know, the last four or five years. But, you know, it's it's always been about like it always feels like it's been about individual stuff for him. And I would like to hear a statement like the one I just made from him just to see, you know, where his head is at. I, I, you can't completely shut him down. You know, they're they're a top four seed. They're a top four seed in the East. They were top three. The Knicks passed him because the Knicks have been on a roll. But you can't completely shut him down because the window to win a title is so small. You know, particularly with his injury history and with him being a big man and for Philly, quite frankly, the possibility that, you know, he might want to leave in a year or two because that, that possibility always exists too. But if I, don't, I wouldn't say completely shut him down. If there's something that he needs to, you know, sit out for, then do it. And I'll, I'll tell you this, you know, if he plays in the All-Star game, that'll tell you how much he cares about that. That's interesting. Yeah, good point. Um, would you tell him to play in the All-Star game or not? No, I mean if if it's that bad, I would I would have, he would sit out. You know, he'd get he'll get a little bit more than a week off right there. You know that that would help out a lot. He might need a little bit more time than that. That would be fine. I just want him to say, 
you know, I'm not concerned about the MVP at this point. I want to win a championship. And if I have to sit out a couple weeks to make sure I'm healthy going into the playoffs, I'll do that. I just, like, that's what I want to hear from him. Jay Davis with us. Um, Are the Celtics the best team in the league, or are they just playing the best right now? Uh, They they have the best six- or seven-man rotation. They are playing really well. Um, That Denver loss, I think it was a couple Fridays ago, was a little alarming. They had a big lead. And then they lost it because they fall in love with the jumper. I think that game, I think in that game, Jokic and Murray were like 29 for 44 shooting uh, overall. And I think from three, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown were like two for 17. They just fell in love with the jumper. And, you know, Denver made some plays down the stretch. There's still time for them to grow, you know, because they're still, keep in mind, they're working in two new guys into the starting lineup still. I know they're playing really well, but, you know, they still got some time to, you know, figure some things out in terms of, you know, how to play, you know, Jason Tatum, <laughs> Jason Tatum put on like 10 or 15 pounds of muscle and early in games, he, he'll use it, you know, he'll go in the post, but he still falls in love with the step back three, you know, the step three, the, the long twos. I want to, they, they still, they have a lot of room to grow. I do think, you know, they have the, you know, the highest ceiling out of any team, even though Denver is defending champs just because of what Christoph Porzingis brings them, yes. you know, from uh, both ends of the floor. He's a guy that can protect the rim. You know, he can hit threes. He can score from every, you know, every level on offense. I think he's the, he's the, Christoph Porzingis is the, is the piece that will ultimately determine if they win the championship or not. He's got to stay healthy. I know he missed a couple games, you know, last week. If he's, if he's healthy in the playoffs, I think Boston will win the title. You know, uh, since the, the run by the Warriors, lots, and let me, let me go back. Let me preface this. Sports is a copycat business, right? If something works for one team, another team tries to do it. If a draft stat, strat, rather not, strategy works well for a team, another team will try to pick up on that or a coaching style, whatever it might be. Man, is there any chance that the Celtics just aren't as good a jump shooting team as, as the Warriors were and that eventually you just can't play that style all the way through the playoffs and win a title? Yeah, no. I mean, nobody's ever going to be as good a jump shooting team as sure. those Warriors teams they had you know, two of the best, like, four or five shooters ever. But, you know, Boston, they have this variance. I think it was maybe – I think it might have been last week or at some point last week they had a game where they, they shot 22 for 40 from three. And then, But, like I said, in that Denver game before that, I think their starters were, like, eight for, eight for 41 or something like that. I looked at it, you know, it's they just have this variance. They have – if what it comes down to, what happened in that Heat series last year was they had – you know, they had four bad shooting nights. You know, they weren't hitting their threes, jumpers weren't falling, and they lost because they didn't know what to go to. They didn't They didn't have a backup plan. You know, like I said, Jason Tatum's like 6'9", six, 6'10". Six, you know, just, it's almost like, you know, what people used to talk about with LeBron pretty much before he got to Miami that he didn't, you know, they people wanted him to develop a post game. And LeBron developed that post game and, you know, won two titles and got the four finals in a row. So if Jason Tatum would use his body a little bit more, I think, you know, I think the, the sky would be the limit for Boston. They play the Lakers tonight. Does that game still turn you on? Uh, I mean, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll obviously watch that, you know, especially since sure. it's an early game and I won't fall asleep in the middle of it. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the Lakers are – the thing about the Lakers now is I would – you know, if you would have told me at the beginning of the season LeBron would only miss like four or five games at this point, Anthony Davis the same, and they're – and they're barely five or they're under 500, I would have said, you know, that's a real problem. And that's, that's the case with that team right now. They're just not very good. They're one of the, you know, their defense should be, their defense the last couple of years is really good. Their defense isn't as good now as it has been. 
Um, they still have a lot of issues on offense, which is particularly concerning since, you know, the scoring is so high now all, all across the league. And they still depend too much on a 39-year-old guy in his 21st year. So I think the line for that game is like 11 or 12. So I think that, you know, I, I think that means Anthony Davis is not going to play. But, yeah, I, I expect Boston to go in there and, you know, win by 20. But, you know, it's, it's still a, the entry the for me now is to see, you know, how Darvin Ham manages his rotations, how much LeBron plays. When you, when you, when you see LeBron go into a game like this where, I, like I said, I expect Boston to blow them out, you know, you, you might see stretches of him loafing on defense, not getting back on defense. And I want to see if something like that happens, how Darvin Ham handles it. And, you know, hear the comments after a couple of days ago after the, after they lost to, I think they got smoked by the Rockets. And, you know, LeBron was talking about, I don't know, I, they said a reporter asked him, what do you say to your teammates after a game? He said, I don't know what to say to him right now. And then, you know, but he cut himself off. I think he was going to go on some tangent about, mm. I'm not here to, you know, to lead these guys. But, you know, like I said, he cut himself off. So, mm. you know, I'm just interested to see, what happens tonight in this game, you know, they, they go to New York Saturday night. That's also another instance where they might get blown off the floor. And this is an interesting time for that. Like those comments from LeBron on Tuesday and these two tough games where they're probably going to get embarrassed on national, you know, on TV with the trade deadline being next week. So something's probably going to happen. I don't know. You know, there's a lot of talk about DeJounte Murray. I don't know if he's going to help them. You know, I, I guess he's a little bit better point of attack defender than uh, D'Angelo Russell, but he hasn't played great defense since he got to Atlanta, so I don't know. You know, I don't know if he's the answer. I think they might just be making moves for the sake of making moves at this point. This will be their sixth game in nine days. Why is the NBA worse at scheduling than every other professional league? I don't know. You know, they they, they Jay. That's a stunning back. number of games, dude. That's insane. Yeah, you know, the thing about it is, is you know, the season used to start late October, early November. They pushed the start of the season back. It was two weeks at one point. I remember the start of the season a few years ago was October 17th. It started October 23rd and 24th this year. But, you know, you start the season earlier, you know, you're you're giving everybody pretty much a week off with the play-in tournament. And I think that's I think that's part of the problem. You're, you're fitting more games in because you start the play-in tournament essentially a week before the playoffs. So even though everybody, the top six teams in these conference have this week off before the playoffs start, you're still squeezing in probably three or four more games where you wouldn't have had to do that if not for the you know the advent of the playing tournament. It's it's bad. They're doing what they can. You know the back to backs got cut in half, but you know six games in in nine days. You know leading to you know the All Star break is is pretty bad. The season. I feel like the way they do the season, uh, the you know, 82 games, I think the All-Star game should be at like the 40-41 game mark. But most of the teams are going to play, you know, 50-plus games before the All-Star game starts, which which has always been a little weird to me. So, I, I don't, I mean, I don't know what else they're going to do. They're not going to cut the schedule because the owners want to prove that because they want those, you know, those gate receipts. Chase, you're behind the mic today, behind the board, <clears throat> doing, a, doing a fine job. Uh, Jay just cut himself short of saying that LeBron didn't want to say that he's not a leader. Okay. Um, if I say I am not a role model, do you get that reference? Mm. Jay, how good were those ads? Those ads are great. And the Barkley, the Charles Barkley sneakers are probably one of the most underrated sneakers ever. 
How about that? Find the Charles Barkley ad for his sneakers on YouTube. We will play it. It's clean. Uh, but that is a classic, classic moment. As soon as he said, I'm not a leader, I thought of that uh, as well. So uh, we'll get into that. I also got, I got an email about the, the schedule for Churchill Downs around Derby. And I want to get into that with Jay because I'm, I'm going to try to make Jay get down here. Not necessarily to go to Derby, but be here around Derby festivities. I think you need to. I need, you don't have to make me. You don't have to make me do it. Just invite me. <laughs> All right. Because there's a cool day. All right. You know, I'll do it right now. Today is February 1st. Get it out there. It's Black History Month, right? Doing the damn thing. We, we have an idea at the station. So uh, Chase is, I will call him his boss, but like his mentor here is a guy named James Black. Okay. One of the great jokes about this, Jay, is that James happens to be black. Okay. So it's a great name. Uh, his gamer tag, I don't know if you're ready for this, but I'm going to tell you what it was. Do you have that sound, actually? Should he hear that organically? I don't know. And I also don't think I know his gamer tag. <laughs> so. <laughs> so for a while, it was like JB Junior, you know, 6035 or whatever, right? But before that, his gamer tag, and I'm not making this up, was Black James Matters. <laughs> I think that's like oh a top God. five gamer tag ever. Like, just fantastic, okay? So we have an idea well, around here. Like- Instead of having Black History Month, we have Black James History Month. Is that funny? Well, it's not like James isn't like a historically <laughs> black name. Just a very strong James. I got a cousin named James. Of course you do. Um, James Earl Jones, yeah. James Evans Sr., you know, there's there's a lot of them. You know, that I <laughs> little black J- I James, James Black History Month. I like it. I think it's a good idea. I think it's a great idea. I think it's great considering <laughs> James <laughs> is not the type of person that wants any attention on. Yeah, any right. attention. Oh, he's ever. a total behind the scenes guy. That's right. I think it's an even better idea. What Just is, moments from James's your- life. <laughs> we just tell the history of James's life. I think it's a great idea. <laughs> Louis, what do your kids learn about school this month? I, you know what? I don't know the answer to that. It's a great question. I assume it's MLK, and it's yeah. Harriet Tubman, and it's Underground Railroad, and it's that kind of stuff. I assume it's stuff like that. There's uh, a guy named Matthew Henson. You know, there's, there's this, I think there was this voyage to the North Pole a long time ago. And there's a, there's a black man, Matthew Henson, that was on that voyage. He was, you know, and a lot of people don't know that. You know, that people, you know there's, there's a lot of history, you know, about, you know, world travel that a lot of people don't know about. And I remember learning about Matthew Henson going to the North Pole, and I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Uh, the Black Explorer, this is on the History Channel, by the way, the Black Explorer who may have reached the North Pole first. And this is a black guy in, like, a full, like, animal skin parka. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. How about that? Died in the 50s. How about that? Man, he lived to age 88. Uh, died in the Bronx. I love the idea that there's a guy in the Bronx who went to the North Pole. Like, walked to the North We're Pole. Gonna- That's badassery for- right there. I love it. For as long as I'm doing this every week, every week this month, we're going to do somebody different. Done. So you got Matthew Henson today, next week. Let's go. Be different the week after that. Spelled exactly how you think, by the way. Uh, Matthew, we normal spelling. Month. Henson, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, do you, I mean, black. what did, what did you think black people were going to get? A longer month than this, Jay? Come on. What are we doing? Yeah, sh- we got the shortest month. <laughs> you know, I was checking out. I was checking out some bracket projections. You know, once again, they got the two HBCUs playing each other in the play. <laughs> Not during Black History Month, not bracketology. Come on, we're trying to have a culture here. Oh man, <laughs> who? That's a good text. I can't read it on air. Seven six three. That's a really good Black History text. Uh, I can't read it though. I, I not on air. Can't. Oh boy. I appreciate it. No, no, no. It's 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 a man. It's 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 fantastic. It's a great, 
It's a great, it's a great question. It's all right. Um, but no, the question, what did they learn during February? I think it's the stuff that I talked about. It's pretty gen- It's pretty generic, but now I got Matthew Henson in my search history. Bring that up with my kids tonight. Cause they're, I mean, all little kids are into explorers, right? I mean, that's, you know, exploration's a cool thing. So there you go. Uh, yeah, well, it's fun. it is fun. No, it is for sure. Um, Look, I think they should just do a whole month on uh, George Washington Carver. Let's be real. I mean, peanut butter's awesome. Let's just move on with our lives. <laughs> Not a whole month. <laughs> there are kids who are uh, they're, they're allergic to peanuts, and that's just rude. No, nah, George Washington Carver, baller. What are we doing? Man, what, oh man. One of my cousins, my cousin Robert, lives in Houston. Okay. He's allergic to peanuts, and you know, there's a stretch where I was going through like a jar of peanut butter, like a big 40-ounce jar of peanut butter every week. Sure. And every time I talk to him, I'd be like, dude, you're missing out. But, you know, he can't eat peanut butter or else his, <laughs> Dude, you know, you're missing out. Up. I love it. <laughs> All right, at least Jay Davis at Jay Davis underscore on 1991. We'll continue the conversation on the other end. A reminder, he's presented by our friends at Lana Sports, L-A-N-A Sports.com. If you remember those ABA glory days, the Colonels, the Pacers, Dr. J, Dan Issel, Rick Berry in that red, white, and blue basketball. Great news. An Indiana-based company, Lana Sports, they partnered with all of those ABA legends and countless others. They're bringing that basketball back. Crafted with quality composite leather, that basketball is an absolute must-have. For any hoops enthusiast, visit them, Lana Sports, L-A-N-A, sports.com. Use the code ABA20. You get 20% off your order. They've got trading cards. They've got signed jerseys, all kinds of stuff up there. Check them out, Lana Sports, L-A-N-A, sports.com. Lana Sports, where the ABA lives on. It must be love. It must be love. I fall like a sparrow and fly like a dove. You're listening to Rabo and Co. here on ESPN 680-1057. Now, here's Louis Rabo. Hi, welcome back in. Hanging out with Jay Davis. This is Rabo and Co. ESPN 680-1057. Bobby V in about 20 minutes. And, of course, roundtable 3 o'clock. We'll take you local till 6 o'clock here at ESPN 680-1057. Tons of really good programming happening around the station. Louisville women's basketball on the 93-9 side. 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock tip tonight against Syracuse. Their start, man of four straight ranked matchups, which is going to be a lot of fun to watch around here. Jeff Walls got them playing really, really well. Bellarmine basketball trying to keep the winning ways going. They'll play Kennesaw State tonight. That game starts at 7.30. We'll have pregame for you, 7.15 here, 680-1057. You're home for Bellarmine basketball. And I mentioned all those games this weekend. St. John's, UConn, Houston, Kansas. We'll have the Bellarmine game on Saturday as well. Duke, North Carolina, and, of course, Florida State visiting Louisville. We'll have all of it on our family of networks here at ESPN Louisville on Saturday starting at 11.45, and I mean just just a fantastic day of basketball this weekend, Jay, uh, to get us through. So what? here's my suggestion for Derby Week. Are you ready? I got I got to tell you something first. Okay. Not to disparage country music, but uh, oh, I know. doing this once a week, can we, uh, can we, can we give me a little something more, uh, quote, I guess, fitting? Can we get like some Motown? Something you know, more some, urban yeah. is, I think, what the word you were going to use, and you, you backed away from the word urban. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, get like some Motown or well, you know, this is can you, can so. You at least give me like here's what like some Run DMC or something. Yeah, yeah. Here's what I need to say to you, real quick. Chase is behind the board today, being a good guy. He gets here at like five in the morning to run our morning show. He's a good dude, right? That's very early. It is very early, right? The show before us, the host is not only a bro country guy; he's a member of the Academy of Country Music. Oh, all right. So Chase deals with that show, and then we're like, hey. Mix up with the schedule. Can you sit in with Louie today? And he's like, yeah, I haven't beaten Chase over the head about the music stuff. If he were back in tomorrow, I'd say, yo, 
Western and or country, we don't do that here. But he's not. So I'm not going to beat him over the head with it. How about that? All right. So speaking of the music. Context context is important. It does matter. All right. So April 30th is 502's Day. So it's 150 years of Louisville uh, being commemorated. It's supposed to be like the town's day at the track. And um, general admission is five bucks for the day. It's just a fun day at the track. They try to put a couple stakes together, that kind of stuff. But the next day is the day I think you would actually really enjoy. It's called Champions Day, and it celebrates the early days of the Kentucky Derby and the the number of black jockeys and trainers who dominated the early Kentucky Derbies, and that's what Champions Day is about on Wednesday, May 1st. And then you can get the hell out of town before Derby 150 crap hits. Does that sound good? Well, I stay for Thursday, so I, so I can do this with you, right? <laughs> well, yeah, you got to do the show. That's true. We'll get you up. We'll get you up for Thirty Two. That's easy. Lock That's me in for that. All right. Okay. There you go. We'll get Jay Davis up here for that. There you go. Uh, Jay Davis with us here. Uh, he joins us uh, on ESPN six eighty one oh five seventy. He's presented by our friends at Lana Sports L A N A Sports uh, dot com. Don't forget, by the way, on Sunday in this time slot, the Sunday morning hangover, Nick Curran, Phil Baker, and of course your guy Zach Cantrell. Uh, he gets out of bed for that one, just not today, Chase. By the way, Chase, you're not offended, right? Like you understand, like. I oh, think I, I laid out the case for why you're playing the country music. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just part of your job from 7 to 10. It's just yeah. not part of the jobs 10 to do. Yo, and, and, and having Motown Are you a country music. guy? I actually don't know this. Yeah, I am, but I'm, okay. I'm on every... I, I like, Got you it. Know, I, I, it is the best part about being under the age of 60 in this country is no matter what kind of music you are into and what you look like, doesn't matter. Yeah. You can yeah. do whatever you want. It's great. Yeah. Well, and, it, and I, I listen to Spotify, like, whereas, you know... Young, you know, older people had radio, and right. you get fed music. Yes. I go and find music, right? And, sure, that I like. Have you done the Spotify DJ by chance? Uh, no. Okay, no. it's stunningly good and accurate. Okay, so you should check it out. It's very, very good. So yeah, go make sure you go check that out. Hey, Bob, how about that? How about that? Um, so there you go. Is there a version? Is there a variety of music, Jay, that you like that you think people would be surprised that you like? No. <laughs> You know, like, so, you know, there's been a couple discussions I've, you know, there's been a couple discussions I've had in the past with people about that, you know, they'll say, who's your favorite rock band? And I'll say, like, Sly and the Family Stone, and they'll say, they're not a rock band. And I, and I, and I say, why? And then they say, because, and I'm like, uh-huh, you caught yourself. Well, but Chuck Berry, right? I mean, like, I mean, no, like. Chuck you, Berry, Little Richard, Sly yeah. and the Family Stone, Parliament yeah. Fucking Delic, those are all rock, those are all great American rock artists. Yeah, Prince, right? I mean, there's tons of them. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So there you go. All right, Jay Davis. A little, little Black History Month with Jay Davis. Why not? There you go. Um, all right. Every, uh, every week. Every week. I, no, I'm into it. Uh, again, who was our explorer that you mentioned in the previous segment? And is why is his name Matthew Henson? I'm kidding. Matthew Henson. I love that. Black story. man went to the North Pole in a in a in a full looks like a full mate coat. The dude looks like the stereotype of an Eskimo from the middle of the 19th century. He really does. It's fantastic. I love it. How good is Caitlin Clark? She's awesome, and, you know, at first glance, you know, if you watch them, you say she was a chucker, but, I mean, the Big Ten's not very good. There's, like, three really good three good teams in the Big Ten. She's clearly the best player in the, in the, in the conference, but when you watch her play and she goes off for 40, 45 points, you know, and they're playing a decent team, she they usually need her to get that 40 or 45. Right. Like, I, I, somehow in the first month of the season, they played Kansas State twice. And Kansas State beat him, and she had 24, and she only had three assists. But the second time they played, she had 32 and six assists, and they only won by seven points. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking about that game last night. You know, they beat Northwestern by like 35 or 36. She has 35, and she has 10 assists. So even if 
even if you know if if nobody she hits for a shot hit a three, that means she assisted on like half of their points. She scored or assisted on half of their points. So she's you know, she's very important. She's almost like, you know, girl James Harden, you know, I shouldn't say girl James Harden, but you know what I mean. You know, just where they, they depend sure. on, you know, it's like this or Luka Doncic or, you know, you know, somebody like that where they depend on her so much to do everything. I think she's led them in scoring and assists in every game this season. Mm. So she's probably going to win national player of the year again. It's, it's well-deserved, but you know, I'm just, I'm right. You know, at this point with the big 10 being the way it is, Maryland's usually really good, and they're not good this year. Yeah, true. Um, Rutgers you know, was I'm good for a very them. long time. They're not good anymore. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Yep. Steve Vivian Stringer, you know, Rutgers was really good for a while. They're not good. Ohio State's really good. Oh, Ohio true. State beat them, yeah. what, like a week and a half? Penn State had a couple decade run of being really good as well, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like right now it's Iowa, it's Ohio State, it's Indiana. And Iowa actually plays both of them, you know, the last couple weeks of the regular season. So I want to see her in the tournament again, you know, against some of the teams from the SEC – you know, the Pac-10 and the ACC just to see, you know, how she does. And, you know, I'm really interested to see how, you know, she translates to the next level. You know, she's got a great shot. She's got a quick release. Um, I, w- I want to see how she defends at the next level. You know, that's really mm-hmm. what I'm interested to see, you know, because if she, if she can't guard anybody, she can't really stay on the floor. I don't watch the NBA, uh, the WNBA. I, I want to be very clear. But does she fit, do you think, going forward? Would she be a good fit for them? purely because of her would she be you talked last week by the way about Luka Doncic being a really great offensive player but not playing defense at all is she a bit like that yeah but you know it's the effort's got to be there I think you know she tries really hard on it and she's a she's a good she's a decent to good college defender but got it. you know I, I look at somebody like Zaya Cook you know who played in South Carolina I think she's in LA now she plays for the Sparks she's quick you know she's got she's got dribble moves for days so you know you know, she would she would put Kayla at this point she put Kayla Clark in a blender, but mm. you know, Sabrina Ionescu, you know, she starts she started for the team that went to the, you know, WNBA finals, you know, largely, you know, because, you know, she's a great shooter, she's a she's a good distributor, and Kayla Clark does all of that, you know, at least as good, if not better than Sabrina Ionescu does. How much credit does Steph Curry get for setting up a three point contest with Ionescu? All of it, you know. He mentioned it. I, it was weird. I think that was like pregame. You know, a mic caught it or something like that. But I think that's going to be fun. You know, that's a that's a new wrinkle that they add to All Star Saturday night, which is something I think they need. That's still one of my. That's still my favorite event. You know, of all the All Star events. You know, just from watching it every year for the last like thirty five. You know, thirty seven. The three point contest. But yeah, yeah, you know. But just see it. Just seeing those two do it. You know, that, I think that'll be fun. And I think. You know, initially they said that he would shoot from the NBA three line. She'd shoot from the WNBA yep. three line. But Sabrina said she wants to she wants to shoot from the w, from the NBA line. Oh, so you know, okay. see how that wow. goes. I'd like I'd like to see them make some tweaks to All Star Weekend. But you know, it it just all depends on. Like, I would love to see like they try to do horse. I'd love to see like one on one up to like seven. You know, just a bracket of like you know sixteen guys playing one on one up to seven for a few hours just to see who takes that seriously and who wins it. But I don't think those, those guys would never do that because they would want to get embarrassed. Uh, I'll let you out of here on this. Uh, there's a an animal shelter in New Jersey who will uh, neuter an animal in honor of one of your exes. Uh, would you like to participate in this program? And what's her name, Jay? No, I, you know what? I've been lucky. I haven't had any bad experiences like that. There you go. I don't believe you, but there you go. Uh, he's Jay Davis. You don't he's- believe me? I, I'm <laughs> 
I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm like you, actually. I, I've been pretty lucky. My, my love life was pretty straightforward um, to this point. So uh, it could get terrible, I'm sure. You know? Mm-hmm. Get pretty terrible. Uh, he's Jay Davis at Jay Davis underscore 1981. He's presented by Lana Sports, L-A-N-A Sports dot com. Jay, appreciate the time, man. I'm sure I'll talk to you before next week, but everybody will hear from you next week, man. All right. Talk to you soon, Lou. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Well, there you go. Well, Jay Davis on a Thursday, one of my favorite uh, times of the week for sure. Uh, get, get some fun text in there as well. Someone asking uh, if I participate in Black History Month with my kids. And I just... Uh, I mean, not against it, obviously, but, you know, not something that I'm leading the expeditions to the North Pole on. How about that? I was going to say, how do you, how do you. The suggestion was like cultural activities that I could take my kids to. Okay. That's not the end of the world. Okay. Um, okay. I'm pretty lucky my kids live a reasonably diverse life that way. Restaurants and where we go to church and that kind of stuff. We're lucky that way. I'll say that. So, yeah. No, we're lucky. So there you go. Oh, man. All right. Well, there you go. Wrapping up another show. Uh, Bobby V after me. Got all the basketball, all the post games. We're going to have that Kentucky Wildlife, uh, Fish Wildlife post game show. I have not mentioned Elk Draw on their website. Make sure you get to that. Gandolfo Eds Cantrell. They'll have you late Saturday night uh, for that one. Tomorrow, by the way, uh, we will have Matthew DeSantis back on uh, from Naira. He and I are going to talk about the four derby preps uh, that are happening this weekend. So I'm going to overstretch him a little bit just because uh, I'm talking. By the way, I should probably self-promote here um the horse racing happy hour tonight we're gonna have brian nadeau on he is uh down at gulfstream park he also works for capital otb uh in new york so he'll have some takes on the withers as well we'll get his take on that car down at gulfstream this weekend as part of the holy bowl and uh the on the oak side of course uh you've got the oh i have the name of the horse who won the race last year it's the forward gal excuse me uh not red carpet ready that's not the name of the race yet. Uh, it's the forward gal. So there you go. Both of those at uh, Goldstream this weekend. Uh, I don't know how they do it down there, by the way. They go straight into derby preps after having the Pegasus last weekend. And I just busier than bleep down there. I, I have no idea how those people work all the damn days that they do down there. But here we are. I uh, will talk to Brian tonight on the podcast. If you're interested in that, we'll be live at 8 o'clock uh, at Horse Happy Hour on Twitter. You can find us on Twitch, YouTube, etc. as well. Um, I'm Louis Rabot. This has been Rabot and Co. here on ESPN 680. 105.7, I am sure this music will start at some point soon. We will get into that. But like I said, we'll talk horses tomorrow. Zach will be back in the saddle, I'm told. Maybe Chase will be, and I'll have to listen to more country music, but it is uh, what it is. Uh, (laughs) We'll get into plenty of stuff tomorrow. (coughs) I think I'm going to have another Kentucky take tomorrow. I think Ben got my brain going in a way that I'm going to have to have another take tomorrow. I thought he was really excellent. If you missed any part of that, head back to the podcast center, ESPNLouisville.com, or on the app as well. My name's uh, my name. Now, my name is Louis Rabot. I'm at Radio Louis uh, on Twitter. You can find me there. You can find the station at ESPN 680 as well. We'll be back tomorrow at 10 o'clock. And, hey, we hope you are too. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody.